Welcome to the Jacked on the Beanstalk podcast, hosted by the always smart-assed and brutally honest Shorky Sisters. Ripping the vegan hippie meatheads of the world is Sam, two-time winning fitness champion, certified personal trainer, the first ever vegan world naturals bikini pro, author of Jacked on the Beanstalk, plant-based fuel for vegan athletes, and has an ass that's out of this world. Along for the ride is Sarah, her sister, a stay-at-home mom who drives a minivan, makes a mean fudge brownie, and her ass is, well, mediocre. Together, they're on a mission to live with purpose and without regret, to unlock and share the mysteries of a healthy mind, body, and spirit, to boldly go where two very different but genetically similar minds probably shouldn't go. So grab a seat in the back of Sarah's minivan and come along for the ride. Welcome. Welcome, Sarah. Welcome, Tributes. We welcome you. We salute your courage and your sacrifice. And we wish you happy Hunger Games. And may the odds be ever in your favor. Ah, quoting the Hunger Games. (laughs) I like it. Well, you were the one who came up with this title for uh, our episode four of the Jacked on the Beanstalk podcast. And I don't know, I just figured I had to reference the movie in some capacity, given that was the title that you chose. Yeah, good call. But yes, of course, being the fourth episode of our Jacked on the Beanstalk podcast, we're not actually discussing the movie or battling for our lives or battling for the lives of the people in our district. Thank God for that. (laughs) Today, we be talking about actual hunger. Why some of us feel hungry all the time and others see eating as a chore. I thought we could discuss how to know when you should be giving into hunger for us vegans who are trying to be fit and sexy and healthy. How to find that sweet spot between being satisfied and not dying of starvation or being uncomfortably stuffed. I was hoping we were all going to wear our Jacked on the Beanstalk new gear today since I'm wearing my muscle shirt and I just brought a t-shirt for both Sarah and Aaron but I see they have not changed into theirs. We're still fighting over which one we want. Oh, yeah. really? oh yeah. okay because they're that good everybody. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. little shameless promo here everybody please go to my website if you are interested in Jacked on the Beanstalk gym apparel. There are so many cool new items and I'm really excited about this and um, My new logo is so badass, made by Melissa Dorn of Foundation U. I'm really stoked to now finally offer a whole line of Jacked on the Beanstalk vegan gym apparel. And it's all really top quality stuff and very reasonably priced. So check that out at jackedonthebeanstalk.com. Back to hunger. I'm actually a little bit hungry right now. How about you, Sarah? Yeah, I'm counting the minutes until we're done. And I get to eat the lunch you're buying me at Pure Kitchen. (laughs) Yeah, it's now actually become a podcast tradition that I buy lunch for Sarah and our lovely producer, Aaron, after we finish recording, mostly because I can't afford to actually pay these ladies for their contributions. Hey, a meal that I don't have to prepare is of far greater value than any money could ever be. Sarah, what did you have for breakfast? Uh, I I had a smoothie. 
I love my smoothie. The same smoothie recipe from your blog. It's changed my life. Oh, nice. The morning matcha protein smoothie? Every day. Nice. That's totally what I had, too. Hashtag breakfast twinning. (laughs) (laughs) I think we should discuss that despite us having the exact same breakfast this morning, we are both very different eaters. (laughs) Sarah is one of those lucky biatches who doesn't even like to eat, and I'm basically counting down the minutes until my next meal 24 7 okay it's not that i don't like to eat okay well fine i don't eat for enjoyment i i hate to cook and if food wasn't necessary to survival um yeah i'd probably never prepare a meal again I'm holding out for those dehydrated cubes of the future, you know, that you see in movies. Actually, those do exist. I think it's called um, Soylent. Don't quote me on this, but I seem to think it's some kind of protein shake that contains all of your required daily vitamins and nutrients so you can literally live off of nothing but Soylent. What? You knew about this amazing invention and you kept it from me? Where can I get it? Pretty much sounds like the worst thing ever to me. Yeah, this coming from the chick who thinks protein pudding, and I use quotes, (laughs) is a real treat. Yeah, but I actually love my chocolate protein pudding. Shout out to Purely Inspired Chocolate Protein Powder. I mean, I fully admit that years of strict dieting has made me eat a lot of weird shit and or bland and boring vegan meals. But the thing is, I actually enjoy most of what I eat right now. And it's not maybe what most people would enjoy because they're not used to eating bland. And screw you. You always say I make awesome, healthy vegan meals and ask for the recipes all the time. Yeah, no, you do. I think you normalize your meals when you have regular people over. Yes, this is true. I definitely try to up my flavor game when I'm cooking for others. Like they say, you well, they don't say this, but you win more friends with black bean pasta than steamed asparagus. <laughs> but equal amounts of farts. So how many friends are you really gaining? I'm just glad I work from home. I just started writing a blog post all about farting and bloating. Ooh. Yeah, so hopefully it will be live by the time this episode airs. No pun intended. Ah, 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 ah. So be sure to check that out on the blog, everybody. It's a juicy one. Ew, that was a terrible choice for an adjective. Juicy and super bloated. (laughs) God, we suck at staying on track. Me too. All right. So anyway, unlike Sarah, I love to eat. I don't live to eat. I definitely eat to live. Apparently, we've gone from comedy hour to poetry hour. What the hell was that? (laughs) A hunger haiku, if you will. I put a lot of thought into the foods that I fuel my body with. And I know that for most people, food prep is a huge pain in the ass, very time consuming. And like you, Sarah, for instance, I know you hate to cook. Oh, yeah. But I actually find meal prep kind of therapeutic because it's one of the few times during the week that I can just chill out. That's when I listen to my favorite podcast. And I get to be creative and invent healthy, high-protein, macro-friendly, vegan recipes. And it's kind of reassuring to know that I have healthy meals ready at all times. And that's what keeps me on track. And it ensures I'm eating enough throughout the day, which also avoids me making horrible food choices. That situation is very different for me. Keep in mind that the only thing I get to listen to while preparing meals is, Mom, when's supper going to be ready? (laughs) 
I'm hungry. Can I have a snack? And then despite all of the time and effort I've put in, at least one kid won't like it. Dinner becomes a negotiation. And then I get to clean up the kitchen. That's not exactly therapeutic. And, and I get that. But I think it's important to note that as a coach and somebody who has followed a lot of strict diet plans over the years, I definitely follow a more structured way of eating than perhaps you do being a mom. That's probably true. I mean, there is structure to my eating, too. Like, I have to plan our meals for the week when I make the grocery list. Yeah, I I don't get excited because getting creative in the kitchen just doesn't happen. I lack all creativity when it comes to cooking. So I have to meal plan. Otherwise, I'd probably end up as a uh, crumpled heap on the kitchen floor in in the fetal position. So you follow a structured type of eating, but like mom style structured (laughs) eating. And I think this is a good time to actually bring up the whole diet mentality that inflicts or has inflicted all of us at one point or another. And in case anyone out there is thinking, yes, I write diet plans for a living. And yet I strongly believe that the whole diet mentality can be a really slippery slope because it can teach us to not trust our own bodies and to tune out our hunger cues. And I see this with clients all the time. I write them a meal plan and it contains a healthy amount of food based on their body type, based on their activity level, their goals, and and however their lifestyle looks. And more often than not, their first response is always, wow, that's a lot of food. Yeah, I don't think people realize that you're always eating. And I'm always hungry. And that's because I have a lot of muscle. Gotta feed those vegans, bruh. The funniest part, though, is that they always think it's a lot of food, but then once they start doing your workouts, they're so appreciative of every last morsel of food that's on that plan. I know, right? And it's funny how so many women are still stuck in this mindset of doing copious amounts of cardio plus eating the bare minimum amount of calories. That's what's going to get them the body of their dreams. And then they do this for years and years and years and don't get any results and then wonder why their weight isn't budging. Then they hire people like me and I give them less cardio and more calories and it scares the shit out of them. I do this because I want their baseline number of calories to be a reasonable amount so that later on if and when we do decide to ramp up their fat burning efforts I'll be able to lower their calories without having to put them into an unhealthy caloric deficit. But if I start their plans with super low calories as their baseline I won't be able to lower them much more throughout their prep without putting their body into starvation mode. And that is when we experience those brutal cravings for fat and sugar, and that triggers binge eating episodes and a vicious cycle of binging and restriction, et cetera, et cetera. Sound familiar? Anybody? I know I've been there. Yeah, that's actually really interesting. And I never understand all these women who contact us and they think they need to starve themselves in order to get the body of their dreams. What they don't realize is that their body doesn't want to be unhealthy. 
It doesn't want to be uncomfortably full or even eat more than it needs. Just like your body doesn't want to be starving all the time either. Your body needs food and it needs proper nutrition in order to carry out all of its most basic functions. And you're sure as hell not going to build muscle in the gym if you're not fueling your body sufficiently enough to kill those workouts. Or if you're face down on the treadmill. So let's actually provide a little explanation to what exactly exactly is going on in your body when you feel legitimate physical hunger and we're we're focusing on physical hunger rather than emotional hunger in order to keep your body alive and carry out its basic functions it needs to be fed so essentially your body is in a constant state of hunger which can easily be relieved by eating Having food in your belly is what will get rid of the hunger, which will also help you to feel calm both physically and emotionally. And once your body metabolizes the food that you feed it and utilizes that food in order to carry out those basic functions that it needs to survive, you feel hungry again and again it is time to eat. And you repeat this process all day long. And in a perfect world, if we just listen to our body's hunger cues, we'd eat just enough to keep them running efficiently and none of us would ever starve or overeat. But thanks to the combo of salty, sugary, fatty, delicious foods that we all love being shoved in our faces and all around us at all times, plus society's obsession with being thin, our minds and bodies go into battle with each other and we get all messed up on what we should eat and how much we should eat. It really is kind of messed up. It's like food is everywhere, advertised everywhere, but so is the promise of a perfect body. I once read somewhere that the media must want all of us to have eating disorders because they'll show us an ad on TV or in a magazine for two-for-one pizza and then immediately followed by a Weight Watchers commercial or, or exercise equipment. And this totally screws with our ability to know what we actually need or don't need when it comes to our bodies. When we don't eat enough, our bodies begin to shut down. We get tired and experience a major drop in energy. And depending how long you go without eating, your organs even start to shut down. And when we overeat, we're overloaded with energy and your body's forced to work extra hard to process all that food. And then we get sluggish and tired, just like when we're starving, but in a different, uncomfortable kind of way. How do you know if you're even hungry or not? We often think we're hungry But we're actually bored, procrastinating, maybe we're tired, lonely is a big one, stressed out, depressed, or thirsty. Fun fact, audience, hunger is often confused for thirst and staying hydrated is a great way of keeping hunger in check. I actually write that on every single meal plan. So I always suggest to drink some water or make a cup of herbal tea before you eat if you're not sure whether you're physically hungry or not. And if you are actually physically hungry, know the physical cues associated with it, such as your stomach's going to be growling or a feeling of emptiness in your stomach, a lack of energy, maybe a feeling of fogginess or difficulty concentrating 
and sometimes a headache, dizziness, your body will always let you know when it's ready for food. If you're really not sure whether or not it's physical or emotional hunger you're experiencing, just wait 15 minutes and go and do something else before giving into the hunger. If you are still thinking about food by the time you're done, then fine, you can eat something. But really think about what it is that you actually need in that moment. Sometimes it's easier to eat rather than deal with whatever it is you're actually needing in that moment. Food is a great comfort, believe me. It's been a very good friend to me many, many times. But I also know that finding myself fist deep in a tub of peanut butter isn't the answer to whatever emotional pain I'm feeling. So I do a lot of self-talk whenever I start to fantasize about ordering a giant falafel plate or polishing off a bag of double stuffed Oreos. I'll ask myself, how will consuming this jar of peanut butter serve me and my goals? What am I looking to gain from eating this tub of peanut butter? How else can I get that same satisfaction? It sounds lame, but this form of self-talk, it can actually be really helpful. Equally important is to not neglect your body if you genuinely are hungry. I will always, always advocate for eating five to six small meals spaced out every two to three hours throughout the day and making them balanced. So you've got protein at every meal, you've got some green veggies in there. And then I will schedule my carbs around my workouts or earlier in the day so that I know I'm going to burn them off. And I find that with this way, there is really never a reason to feel starving or stuff. And trust me, properly gauging your hunger can be a really tough thing to do. If you're like me and you've prepped for fitness competitions or you've just been on a really strict diet for any point of time or for many years, that shit can seriously mess with your head and make you question everything you know about food and eating. I've personally never been diagnosed with any kind of eating disorder, but I've definitely had my fair share of unhealthy food binges and bouts of uncomfortable comfort eating. I think it's important that you make mention of the fact that you're not always dieting. You're always eating healthy, but I can vouch for the fact that whenever we have our work sessions at Grow Your Roots Cafe, which I can honestly say have the best Mm. vegan desserts I've ever had, you almost always get an enamel bar, which is about the size of my face. (laughs) And I never share either. (laughs) Yeah, on that note, you guys want to hit up Grow Your Roots for your free lunch today? Yeah, it's cinnamon (laughs) bun sundae (laughs) yes hey which are also the size of my face and bitch you don't share either (laughs) for any non-canadian listeners out there wondering what the hell a nanaimo bar is we'll include a link to that in the show notes i actually keep meaning to make a healthy high protein version of a nanaimo bar to post on the blog maybe this episode will inspire me to finally get creative and whip that up in response (laughs) to what uh you were just saying Sarah about me not always being on a diet. I'm sure most people have heard of the 80-20 rule and I'm a big advocate for this as well. 
So this is kind of the diet mantra that I personally follow. It basically means sticking to healthy foods and following some kind of structured eating plan like the meal plans I would provide 80% of the time. And then allow yourself a giant Nanaimo bar or whatever other little extras help to keep you happy and sane the other 20% of the time. It's okay to do that and you will still make progress because you've made good choices the majority of the time. And in fact, those little treat meals can even boost your metabolism when you're following a clean diet for the most part that other 80% of the time. And why is that? Because those cheat meals are usually packed with calories that contain all of the macronutrient groups, i.e. carbs, fats, and protein. And the additional carbs actually help to replenish your muscle glycogen and the extra fat can help to fill out your muscle. You ever hear competitive bodybuilders say that they look better the day after their show than the day of their show? That's why. And let's not forget that the elevated sodium in a cheat meal helps with glycogen storage and water retention, both of which are said to improve your strength, don't beat yourself up if you give in to the hunger and cravings once or twice a week. Again, be smart about it once or twice a week and practice moderation. Don't, you know, eat everything in sight and then you you make yourself sick. Train legs the next day. So you're using those extra calories and you're putting them to good use. I should mention too that I always give my clients a cheat meal every single week. Even if they don't want to take it, I encourage them to do it. It's crucial for all of our mental sanity. Far too often, people can't stick with a diet because they're too extreme. And although I'm not one for crash diets, trying to adhere to any kind of diet plan can be really hard on you and make you feel super deprived. I try not to deprive myself or my clients of carbs too badly either. So all these people who, you know, swear off carbs for the rest of their lives, it doesn't work. It only works for so long. And I do this because going too long without carbs or without fat, that's what causes horrible cravings, which for me and many others always leads to that peanut butter binge. And when I know that after we record this podcast every week, I get to eat a face-sized Nanaimo bar. Yeah, it's a well-deserved break from my otherwise clean eating. And it genuinely gives me something to look forward to. I do want to mention on the other end of the 80-20 spectrum, so when those numbers are reversed and you're eating like shit 80% of the time, you're obviously going to feel like crap. And when you feel like crap, your workouts suffer, your mind tells you that you suck, and most importantly, when your body is all out of balance like that, it's going to crave more imbalance. And when both your mind and body are out of balance, you end up feeling guilt, you feel self-hatred, and then guess what ends up happening? You soothe yourself with more bad food. It creates an unhealthy cycle in the same way as the restraint cycle from following too strict of a diet. So aside from following an 80-20 style of eating or of course hiring me, how can you learn to trust your own body and understand why you're actually hungry and when to eat? First and foremost, listen to your body. 
Ask your body for support. Let it tell you what it needs. That means just checking in with yourself all the time. Again, that self-talk, asking yourself, am I hungry right now or am I just blank? And fill in the blank based on whatever it is you're feeling or experiencing that day. Am I hungry right now or am I just lonely? Am I just bored? Then look for those physical cues. Is my stomach growling? Does my stomach feel empty? Etc. Etc. Be a non judgmental researcher of yourself. Again, self talk. Ask yourself, when was the last time I ate? Did I eat a properly balanced meal in the last couple of hours that contained a healthy dose of protein and green veggies? When did I work out today? And then you draw your own conclusions such as, hmm, I should eat some carbs because I'm about to hit the gym and I want to make sure that I'm fueled properly to lift like a savage beast. Or maybe it's even, I didn't eat enough all morning or afternoon and now I'm starving. My brain is telling me to order pizza, but I'm going to make a veggie tofu stir fry and then see if I'm still hungry for pizza after I eat that. Again, if you're not sure whether you're physically hungry or not, Do the waiting 15 minutes exercise and go busy yourself with something else for that short period of time. I'm going to include in the show notes for this episode a list of instead of eating, I'm going to ideas that I made for myself years ago when I was dieting for competitions. Just some short little productive tasks that you can do to keep your mind off of food for the time being. You go and you complete one of those things and after you're done, if you're still hungry, then it's okay to go eat something and I love this idea because it really forces you to be in tune with your body and you get shit done you're productive it's a win-win for everybody I think that about wraps up for this episode of the Jacked on the Beanstalk podcast. Sarah, do you have anything else? I'm starving. Once again, we would like to thank Aaron Flynn, our vegan pal and producer at CHUO Radio in Canada's capital, Ottawa, Ontario, for her amazing editing skills. And I'd also like to let everybody know that if they are interested in learning more about my meal plans, there is a sample one included in my jacked on the beanstalk ebook and of course i can also create a customized vegan meal plan for you based on your goals and your food likes and dislikes if you're interested in having some one-on-one vegan coaching with me hit me up via email at sam at jacked on the beanstalk.com sarah our favorite part of the whole episode what relevant song for today's podcast will we be singing to conclude uh the hunger episode Well, I really went back and forth between uh, Hungry Like a Wolf by Duran Duran and Hungry Eyes by Eric Carmen. You're good at this. Yeah, better than that right said Fred piece of crap. Um, (laughs) It was still fun to sing, though. I settled on the Eric Carmen because I felt the lyrics worked better in regards to lusting for food as well as lusting for Patrick Swayze in those tight little pants. Back to the 80s and singing a classic from one of our favorite childhood movies. Oh, yeah. Baby and Johnny, one of the greatest love stories <laughs> of our time. Yes, yeah, Sarah is referring to Dirty Dancing. Excellent choice. Although I do kind of have a feeling we're really going to butcher this one. Don't we always? Hungry eyes. Let's do it, Sarah. <clears throat> I've been meaning to tell you. Bring, bring, bring. I got this feeling that won't subside. I look at you and I 
fantasize your, your mind tonight. Now I've oh, right. got, got you in my sights with these hungry eyes. <laughs> One look at you and I can't disguise. I've got hungry eyes. I feel the magic between you and I. Wow, Sarah's really getting into this one. Hungry ass. But you can't eat just one. Sarah is on fire tonight. What a great way to end today's episode. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Uh, Shorky <laughs> sisters out. Out.